Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always bringing the most innovation possible to the space of cycling innovation is my dear friend Sarah. <laughs> I like the fact that even after all this time your ludicrous uh, ludicrous um, introductions still make me laugh. <laughs> Well, you know, it's uh, laughter is an important part of life, and um, look, if there's one thing that um, the covering women's cycling and um, and putting up with the UCI has taught me, it's that if you can't laugh, um, you'll lead a bloody revolution. So, you know, <laughs> so maybe we should stop laughing and start, you know, <laughs> up the masses. Are you kidding? Uh, I, don't, I don't have time for a revolution. Jeez. Man, the barricades. I've got I've got whiskey to drink and beer to chase uh, it So, ah. Uh, Oh, save a revolution oh, yeah. for something else. <laughs> yes. Hello, dear listener. How are you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. I, uh... Not you, them, my oh, dear listener. Whatever. Look, <laughs> okay, how are you since then, Since when have we worried about how they are? They can never talk. I'm... They can't talk back to us. <laughs> I mean, you know, apart from the few that give a shit on Twitter, but like, eh, it's Twitter. It's, it's... They're our favourites. Um, so how are you, Daniel? Um, you know, I'm 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 all right. I'm all right. Um, I'm I'm a little bit confused by, well, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but fuck me, French stage racing's hard to keep track of. Oh my god! I know, I know, I know, I know. If a race goes up Mon Von Two and no one's telling us anything about it, what the fuck is going on? Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, I, mean, I, we, I I wonder oh. if Von Two itself actually became a metaphor for the race coverage, like just this this. <laughs> This alien, desolate landscape. <laughs> yeah, where nothing grows. Where nothing, nothing grows, and certainly nothing flourishes. Just became, <laughs> just became this depressing metaphor for the state of Tour La Dardanelle's coverage. Um, yeah, but, I mean, know. I am, I, I am in awe of how little we've talked a lot about races throughout the year that give us very little coverage and it's kind of an interesting thing because they did give us videos and when you go onto their twitter which is fantastic their twitter i i kind of want to show you guys all a screenshot because it's literally nothing but facebook links like just a facebook link and then when you click on the facebook link that takes you to I don't know to something it could be the video it could be the it could be a blog it's a you know what I mean it's like it's it's like a really really interesting it's, interesting it's, thing and how not to do social media so it's let's Russian pick this doll. random it's the Russian nesting doll of social yeah, media so, <laughs> so there's like maybe five tweets a day let's pick this one and this one takes us to oh no look this one no it does have like a little tiny race report and some photos on Facebook and this is uh let's try this one this one is takes us to oh a photo with no description that's awesome like doesn't say whose names they are doesn't say what's going on in it it's just it's it's like yeah you've just got to guess awesome oh my god french stage racing there's a video so well let's talk let's start with Ladesh because i think it had started when we were talking last week but there's a there's there's like a france france tray uh, video clip of the first weirdly of the first two stages or but not of actually Mon Von or anything like that which is like what the fuck but they did actually go and see the campsite where the riders are staying because um, it's the kind of place where because they're staying in static caravans um, on a campsite they 
they there's no room like you've got like all these shots of like massages uh like like, like soigneurs doing their massage outside because clearly there's no not enough room to put up the massage table inside the static caravan yeah yeah exactly exactly it's it's that thing like when you're a kid and your parents took you on holiday and you were still young enough to think that going to like a campground or a caravan park or whatever was exotic um and and what you didn't realize until much later was that it's code for you do the laundry in a tub outside the shower block yeah yeah you get out of foot if you go in the shower yeah exactly Um, like it's where you first encounter the concept of shower shoes (laughs) yeah 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 and it's and and it's and it's just like it's i mean then they showed the picture of them eating and what do we know about cyclists and eating daniel well look Eating is is look every every uh, elite level cyclist loves to eat everything, or has to eat everything. They might not enjoy it, but well, they have yeah, to yeah. eat everything. But but then what we also know about Ladesh is that um, you know as as Marie Antoinette famously said, "Let them eat cake um, or brioche," as it specifically was. Um, the basically you're living on baguettes for a week yeah and they're not many of them so so one of the key things is you get to see them eating in their big in this big hall at this campsite the com the commissariat i guess at the camps commissariat i don't even know where that word came from from my head in the campsite and they have these little plastic airplane trays of food yep. and that's one of the things about about french cycling dear listener if you are ever going to go to a french bike race and ride in it take a fucking gigantic cool box full of food because you totally need it because you're not going to get see that's way too hard dear listener if you want to make friends with a whole bunch of pro cyclists (laughs) go go to a french stage race with a cooler full of food yeah (laughs) you don't have to do shit except turn up with a bunch of food and they will hoard around you like seagulls over chips but like on the one on the one hand, you do have like Carly Taylor saying, "Yeah, but we all have fun and we all know what it's like and la 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 la," and it, it's a really good bonding experience. And yeah. you know, all the all the riders who are in their mixed teams getting on with each other really well and really enjoying it. They've got stories to tell for years and years and no, blah, no, blah, no, blah, look, blah, 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 makes, blah, blah. She makes a very valid point. Like it's it's a it's an established dynamic. It's why um, you know organizations and institutions around the world make use of a similar technique. It's co- it actually has a name it's called stockholm syndrome so <laughs> well what i was going to say is on the other hand that's why you don't see big name riders racing here like there's no <laughs> you know there's no big there's no big name teams there the big i mean you've got laris let's say let's let's look at them in terms of the big name teams like race ride teams that ride the uh who have automatically uh in uh, get to ride the world tour races you've got b pink You've got um, um, Lara's Wow Deals. I don't know if they get to ride the. They don't get to ride the World Tours. Um, and then the next biggest teams are Astana and Impa Bianchi and Top Girls Facebook Solo. Now that oh, and Poitou Charente Futuroscope. That tells you what kind of level of race we're at you know and 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 i and there's no I don't mind that I think that you know of course I really you know me I love development races. Oh, but oh my god it was painful it was painful watching them and 
So there was very, 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 very few updates. Yeah. And Big Steve on Twitter was one of the was he was he was he was actually updating for one of the mixed teams. And I, you know, I know I don't I don't like mixed teams. I don't like the concept of mixed teams. But I do like the concept of mixed teams actually does what's going on the race. So you know, good for that. That's worked. Well, well, at least you're hypocritical for a cause. No, it's like okay, I'll accept it if. If you've got like someone like Steve Davidson <laughs> telling us what's going on in the race, I'm going to buy that. I'll buy that. Okay, that's, that's that's good. And then we kind of found out who'd win because there was um, Christoph uh, Christoph Van Kampenhout, uh, who is mass, who was there. He was a former Wiggle mass um, Swanee, and he was there Swanneying for um, I want to say DM17 maybe. Um, or yeah, and he was he was swanning for them, and and his swanny job included standing at the finish line and shooting tiny bits of video and tweeting them because holy shit, we might actually find out what happened because literally hours and hours and hours and hours later might come a might come a result, and maybe you could find out the top three because someone would tweet a picture. Um, uh, Protusant Futuroscope were very good at tweeting pictures of the podium, and you go, okay, yeah, well, yeah, that looks like Soraya Paladin. I'm going to have it. Yeah, Soraya Paladin <laughs> came third. Awesome. And yeah. Ah. Anyway, dear listener, I'm not going to rant on too much because there's lots of things to rant about this week. Um, but well, fortunately, yeah, I mean, fortunately, um, as as filled with trials and tribulations as following Ladesh was. Uh, it wasn't the only stage race on during the week, so we had we had plenty so, of great coverage to to distract ourselves to from the complete it. dearth of coverage. So let's just talk about Ladesh. Um, Kasia Pawlowska riding with the she normally rides for bowls, but she was riding with the um, Polish national team on the I first. Can I say it was it was the week of the poles, wasn't it? Jeez, Polish Kasias. Yeah, yeah. Cassias, Polish Cassia. So Cassia Pawlowska on stages one and two. Um, Anna Kiesenhofer won the stage three Mon von two, two stage. And for everyone going, who the hell is Anna Kiesenhofer? You have to think that Babalia on Twitter, Yolanda Alvarez, is very, very, very happy because Anna Kiesenhofer is a rider who's based in Spain. She's half Catalan. Uh, but she's down as Austrian, apparently. I don't know if she's actually half Catalan or the Catalans have just adopted her because she lives there. But she races the Spanish Cup. Yeah, same, same, but different, basically. Like, I mean, if she's been adopted by them, that's good enough for me. Yeah, so she's so let's say Anna Kiesenhauer, the Austrian Catalan, who no one had ever heard of apart from Babalia, who was like, yes, yes, look, and all my Spanish Twitter friends were like, yes, ha, look, look, she's great. She's been, um, she's done really well in all the Spanish, um, in all the Copa de España races, and yeah, she was, she's, she's kind of, yeah, she's doing that. So this is literally her last year. She rode the Tour de Lardesh as her first um, UCI race and DNF'd. Uh, stage three this year she rode the tour de Lardesh as her second only stage race and won the mon von two stage by three minutes and 53 seconds ahead of flavia oliveira oliveira who had basically um with a cut with edwish patel and xenia too high at like ooh, seven seconds behind her and eri unanimi four seconds behind them and um, with Ida Ida marino cortazar and tetiana vijipchenko blah 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 basically um yeah like wow that's an interesting thing yeah and but, and, and at that stage still quite largely i mean despite those big time splits because you know the first two stages have been poles um it 
it's still a pretty wide open race uh, on the GC. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am a gutted. The Mont Ventoux stage is happening. Like this is. Oh wow! You know, women. Women have ridden the Mont Ventoux in the Grand Boucle, the Women's Tour de France that sadly died in the mid yeah. uh, 2000s. But you're kind of like, holy shit! Why? Why? Why is this? Why is this the first time in ages that women have gone up Mont Ventoux? And that's partly because, you know, French racing. Well, yeah, basically. but more importantly to me is why the fuck can't I see it? Because oh. if you're going to go up, like, you know, any iconic climbs, you know, and, and there's a handful of truly iconic cycling climbs, you know, um, that, that, like, surely if you're organising a race and you're going, oh, well, we're going to go up Ventoux or... Alpe d'Huez or you know whatever it, it, you'd, you'd fucking make sure you got imagery of it wouldn't you or well, am there, I am there, I just there, stupid don't answer that Geffen don't you fucking answer that Geffen <laughs> there were highlights there were highlights videos of all the stages on the um on the Turladesh mm. website but the highlights were really weird to me Yes, I, 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 I mean, they, they, for one thing, you're watching highlights where the where it's in exactly the same aspect ratio as a normal aspect ratio, but it's got a like um, centimeter of black space around the outside of it, which I don't understand why you do that. That seems a strange choice. Um, I am not a filmmaker, nor have I, nor do I play one on the internet, but I have made some films, and I don't get it. Um, and 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 it's grainy, and the the, the 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 voiceover was strange, and yeah. So there are highlights. You can see a little bit of Montbontu, but to be honest, if you're like me, it's actually going to make you more angry than um than than, than anything else. So well, um, my doctor for... my doctor says I definitely need more more anger in my diet. So <laughs> yeah. Stage four was won by Flavia Oliveira, who um, overtook the, took over the leader's jersey with Edwige Patel. Edwige Patel, forty nine years old. That's her coach. Her coach is Jeannie Longo's husband, Jeannie Longo Ciprelli. Um, sorry, Patrice Ciprelli. You may remember Patrice Ciprelli from um, importing EPO, getting caught importing EPO, and then claiming it was for him because he needed to keep up with Jeannie Longo in bed. Um, well, to be fair, wasn't she also using the EPO? So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. She never sense. got caught. She never got caught. Well, yeah, but I mean... That was his argument. Oh. He said, no, no, it's definitely, 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 definitely not Jean Longo on EPO. It's me taking it because I need to keep up with her sexually. Yeah, well... Oh, oh, for fuck's sake. The less I say at this point, the better for everyone. So, I'm just going to wait for you to tell us about stage five i think yep <laughs> um stage five was the itt also seven it's a double day this is a very hot very windy i think the mistral is it the mistral i don't know that sounds like an appropriate french wind but i thought the mistral was mediterranean but anyway uh it's a double stage day just to pile on on the agonay 7.7 kilometers itt in the morning won by edwidge patel ahead from lara biacelli and katrine arlerud from norway um <clears throat> excuse me while i just choked to death because i think i'm probably this race is making me want to choke to death um stage six was won by alison jackson who's a uh uh uh, 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 an American, an American rider, who was, who was, who's, um, yeah, uh, 
having this having, having a storming race to be honest she was really 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 strong she's better known as a triathlete um but yeah she's she was she was out there racing i can't remember which team you talk about something while i look it up on the internet because i'm an idiot i should have checked this in advance um well i'm not entirely sure what i'm supposed to talk about my mind's still reeling at fucking other stuff um <laughs> i upset you like <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just yes i just didn't need to be taken to such a dark place um you know this early in the podcast i wasn't ready for it like this isn't this isn't part of this wasn't part of our pre-recording briefing so i i do like that i can still after all these yeah yeah was, my my wild it's... introductions can um can still make you laugh and every now and then you can still reduce me to uh a, a, a quaking a mess. mess of horrible of yeah. horror yeah, yeah. Just... You know, I, I, I try very hard to keep this going. I'm ever so slightly comfortable I... with the knowledge that at least you have to try. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Alison Jackson, she's riding for that mixed team, the same mixed team that Big Steve was. Steve Davidson was, um, uh, um, what's the word for it, uh, swanyering for yep, yep. and also telling us what was going on. So, hurrah, that was good. Alison Jackson, hurrah. Oh, she's Canadian. Oh, my God. I said she's from the USA. I can imagine Canadians oh wanting to me. Oh, my God. Oh, you can never go to Canada now. Justin Trudeau can never go to... will never be your prime minister. I can never go to Canada. This is only her third season, um, Alison Jackson, and she rode, she's ridden like a couple of races uh, um, um, in Europe last year. She rode a couple of the small Belgian and Dutch crits, but she rode the Tour de l'Ardèche. This year she rode the Ronde van Vlaanderen and, um, and a couple of small Dutch crits, but basically she's mostly based in North America, so she rode the Trophée d'Or and the Tour de l'Ardèche. Now, I always wonder about these riders who start off their European career right Riding the trophy door and Tour de l'Ardèche because it must be like this thing of like shit. Do I really want to be a pro cyclist? I'm not sure I can stay in campsites, sharing a static caravan with with five other women. This is you know maybe maybe I maybe I maybe I should reconsider my life options right here. And then they must get to like Qatar or even the Aviva Women's Tour and be like, holy shit! <laughs> well, <laughs> but I guess it's better to start off that way to do it that way. Exactly. I was going to say. I guess it's I guess it's important to you know set a low bar to begin with. So that you know you're just ready for all eventualities. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last stage was won by Doris Schweizer, um, the uh, the the Swiss national champion. Her first stage win, her first UCI win of the year, apart from her national champions titles. Oh really? Okay, mm. amazing. <laughs> and the overall won by Flavia Oliveira. Um, you'll remember her. She. Uh, she left Lens World Sonata. She had an EPO um, conviction in the past. She left. Uh, she's been like lots of guest riding for the last couple of t- the last couple of years, like you know, getting getting guest rider spots. Um, this year, she rode for Lens World Sonata until uh, until July when she had to, when she left them over the fact that there was disagreements about which bike she could ride in the Olympics. And she's buying guest riding. She found guest rides all over the place, but she particularly found. Uh, guest rides with Larry's Wild Deals in this race and won the overall race. So congratulations right. Flavia Oliveira. Um Ooh, cool. So that was the awful, awful, awfulness of the Turtle Ardesh. Holy shit. Ah oh, but 
on the other hand, at the same time, we had just to, just to kind of really the boot into Tour de Lardèche, we had the Bowles Rentals Lady Bowles Rental Ladies Tour, the Holland Ladies Tour. Yes, which is somewhat different. Significantly different, I think, is a, a fair way to say it. Yes, it has fantastic social media. It has fantastic videos it has that it got even better once felix mattis turned up at the weekend because you know um naturally the holland ladies tour does their videos in dutch yeah (laughs) weird that eh? (laughs) um and yeah and it was a little bit there was there's a video in the middle where ellen van dyke was saying i didn't understand the dutch but it got, but I could pretty understand that the person went, hmm, it's all a bit balls, isn't it? She's like, balls, 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 balls. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, the first stage kind of ended in a bunch, it, it's a really interesting race because you have your first five state, well, not including ITT, I get TTT, I guess. The first four stages are flat and it's everything you love about Dutch riding. It has, um, you know, bits of cobbles, it has riding along the dikes it has wind it has echelons it has attacking like lunatics it's just like the epitome of dutch racing hurrah we love this race yep, yep. um Diederikson from bowls dolmans won the first stage ahead of sarah muston and barbara garishi Diederikson saying yeah i didn't that wasn't the plan <laughs> but i'm pretty happy very happy um her first win of the season um Stage two was a 26.4 kilometer TTT. Again, very interesting. We have a lot of TTTs at this time of year because we're building up to the world's TTT. And um, Bulls had won the TTT at Vagorda, uh, the, world, the World Tour TTT. And now they won the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour by 33 seconds over Canyon Shram, one minute five to Rabo Live in third. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly interesting, Wiggle High Five fourth, Park Hotel Valkenburg fifth, Orica AIS, who really have strong TT ambition, TTT ambitions, were sixth, but they were missing some of their key riders. Yeah, a few big guns. I mean, but they were so heavily invested in the Olympics that it's not really um, surprising, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, Bulls Dolmans was just 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 smoked. I interest in Canyon Shram coming second because they used to dominate as socialized lululemon velocio shram blah 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 hht high road they dominated the ttt circuit but this time this year they haven't this year but this was the first time we saw some of their oh their their what what they're like now the question is can canyon step up to win the world's ttt yeah um and i mean i i think that's a pretty big and pretty open question to be honest yeah I mean, given what we've seen over the the last couple of um, well, last three four weeks, I I just um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying they can't do it. I just uh, boy, they've got ground to make up if they're going to do it, basically. Yeah, but that's exciting, isn't it? I mean, absolutely, I, I... absolutely. I mean, I'm on I'm on real tenterhooks to see how it's going to play out because, you know, this is the other thing is um, have have we seen other teams. Um, overcook their preparation you know um yeah or or are they dialing it in just at the right time so well i mean bulls do have when you're a bulls dolman's team and you're riding in the bulls rental ladies tour there is a little bit of pressure on you really i'm just not seeing it 
I mean, you know, you have stages starting at the Dolmens landscaping headquarters. You have, you know, I think they go past the Bulls headquarters. You know, it's kind of it's that that sort of thing where, you know, there's a little bit of pressure, but they kind of rose to the occasion quite nicely. Um, Stage three had a uphill time trial and this was the day of the Polish Cassias because while well, Cassia Paulowska was winning over in um, France, Cassia Nyodoma for Rabolev won this stage with an uphill sprint um, with Amy from a little small group with Amy Peters, Chantal Black, um, Alina Amilusik and Leah Kirch- Kirchman but when you see the video Cassia really had that Ellen van Dyck um, in sixth and afterwards Ellen ended up in the Queen of the Mountains jersey and you have this like great tweet with her just laughing and go yeah only in Holland could I win and because they queen of the mountains <laughs> and yeah and it was all small groups because they've been attacking 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 beautiful beautiful racing like like you look at it and like the last riders are like 18 um 18 minutes back 18 minutes back you know there's there's small groups all over the world road and what i really loved was lizzie armistead playing super domestique oh wow yeah you know i've Sorry, I was just, you know, I mean, we've seen a little bit of that from, from Lizzie in the last couple of um, uh, weeks of racing, and I'm just, you know, it's cool to see more. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, it's one of the, not criticisms, it's one of the things about Lizzie Armistead's racing is that she's tended to, um, she's tended to, you know, she's the type of rider who one of her teammates is in GC lead and she doesn't ride the final stage. Um, and, you know, or she pulls out, you know, I don't know if she's sick or if she's sick. Um, and, and of course, this was all about the Olympics. You know, she's only rode, she didn't ride that many races this season, but she tended to either win or pull out, you know, or, 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 or pull out or do, you know, really badly. But we haven't really seen her being super domestic, except for the fact that as soon as the Olympics were over, that's what she's doing again. Yeah. And of yeah. course, she started off her career being an amazing, amazing domestic. I mean, her and uh her and sharon law's domestic to being super domestic attacking for uh emma pooley was just gorgeous to watch and when she won kent with elgem she won it by being amazing attacking super domestic for kirsten field so it's nice to see and then you realize her this is basically all about her olympic it was all about her olympic game plan and now the olympics are over she's riding like a you know she's riding like the bike racer that that that, that she used to be that we used to you know i i love i love the way that she attacks and i think that's really important and 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 i think it's really important that i acknowledge my own hypocrisy because sometimes i get a little bit carried away by women riders being all happy happy joy joy i love to ride for my teammates in ways that you never get chris Froome doing that for example but, yeah, yeah. Well, and um, and I have to watch myself. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I take your point, but I mean, at the same time, um, I, it is one of those things that is actually really, really nice. Like people, you know, quite rightly appreciate and enjoy seeing that when it happens. So yeah, yeah. but I wonder if there's some kind of weird sexism going on in my head about this that I expect women to do that to be selfless and to sacrifice themselves for each other in ways that I don't expect the men to. Like, is that because of internalised sexism? Or is it because I see it so often in the women's racing and I love it? I love how Ellen Van Dyke... I adore how Ellen Van Dyke writes. Or is it because patriarchy teaches men that it's okay to be selfish bastards and so they just don't do it as much? I mean, you know, we could unpick this political conundrum for hours... And I'd love to, but I think it's a different kind of podcast is all I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just say I have to look, you know, like, you know, not everyone's going to cross the line holding hands. And I... Singing kumbaya, my, as much as yeah, you may and, wish for it, yes. 
and it does happen like like my favorite one was the turtle load where poor Annemiek van Vleuten and Luce Honewijk had been out thought that they were they were directed off course and in the meantime a different rider won Catherine Curry Mattis won and um Annemiek and and Luce I think they'd crossed the line holding their hands up together right and and there's a thing where in the worlds a couple of years ago when both Elisa Longo Borghini and Tatiana Goderzo had had bad races and they crossed the line and it was in Italy and uh, Rossella Ratto had ended up on the podium and Elisa and Tatiana crossed the, you know, crossed the line together holding hands up. And I love that. I really, really love that. And there's a thousand reasons why it can't happen in men's racing, partly because, you know, oh, you know, oh, you're a homo, you're holding other man's hand, you know, that kind of bullshit. But, but, but you know what I mean? There's something about it that's that's very interesting that I just, I I guess I'm rambling. Anyway, (laughs) Chantal Black. So so unlike you though. (laughs) Chantal Buck took over the leader's jersey making it a little making it oh look there's still a bowls on the podium and we went into um, stage four which was sprinty ended up in a really big but in a bunch well attacky 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 group of oh let's say 14 get away and um, attack 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 a weird sprint something happened in the in 400 meters to go I don't know what happened because afterwards so Sarah Roy from Orica Green Age, Orica Bike Exchange, Orica AIS, Orica Green Age won with Evie Kuipers in second, Susanna Anderson in third. But in that group had Barbara Gurlishi in sixth, Emma Johansson in eighth, um, Emilia Moberg in ninth, and you're like going, uh, Kristen Majerus in twelfth, and you're like, huh? I think it was Peter Vanderbilt who said if if that like um, if that group had like been uh, turned on its head, so 13th was first, 12th was first, he'd have believed it as much as this way round. <laughs> but something happened in it that was dangerous, because because Emilia Moberg kind of made a, made, a, made a reference to it on Twitter, saying, you know, rough sprint, and my I ended up like crossing the line in a, with my wheel broken. And in the video, you can see, because the photographer's line apparently was, like, way too far into the road. So you can see this, like, thing where, um, I think it's Nina Kessler has to really swoop in to avoid, like, hitting the photographers and and nearly takes out Barbara Gurishi. And Barbara Gurishi has this great survival thing. And I said something about it on Twitter, and Barbara Barbara was like, yeah, you should have seen what happened at 400 metres to go. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, big bunch sprint. No one anywhere near GC in that group. The next group, the big, massive, 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 massive group, 439 back, which does shake up the GC a little bit. And very good for Emma Johansson to kind of take her up the GC, but it doesn't really affect it. Chantal Black still leads. Okay. Um, Stage five, again, are we going to have a bunch sprint? Is anyone going to get away? Lots and lots of attempts. No one gets away. Massive, massive, massive group. Enormous, great big group. Huge group. Lisa Blenauer wins the sprint absolutely dominantly with Lauren Roney from Orica second and Yoni Dora in third. Awesome. Awesome. That's a good, that's a good sprint finish too. That was a lovely sprint finish. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. When you watch this on the video, it's, it's like... Uh, and, and there's a really good set of photos because, of course, lovely Canyon Shram are using the amazing Vela Focus photos, and they've put in their in their um, gallery like the you know when you know when you can when they put in when people put in the pictures and it's like there's the sprint at like 100 meters to go, here's a shot at 50 meters to go, here's a shot crossing the line, <laughs> and you can see how Brunauer is is just extending that lead, and it's gorgeous to watch. 
Awesome. And finally, stage six. Um, so you have all these flat stages, flattish stages, and then you head to Falkenberg, the Limburg Hills, and how many times can we go over the Kalberg? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say more than two. More than two, for sure. The whole thing is just like... Oh, it's crazy. And it's crazy because it's it's gorgeous. And, you know, the Kalberg, the Lindbergh Hills are so stunning. And this is if you this is the race things you'll see from Amstel Gold. If you're a men's cycling fan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As if anyone's a fan of that. Well, you know, men do. So men yeah, do I, I race mean, yeah bikes. well, I mean, I think it's pretty generous to call it racing. I mean, men ride tempo. <laughs> men, men ride tempo for a long, long time, and then you know, in the last twenty k or so, put on a bit of a small race. Like, yeah, it's, it's very formulaic. I think it was only three times up the Kalberg this time, but then they kind of do this lovely looping thing through other hills that maybe aren't as beautiful, just outside Maastricht. Oh, it just gives me the shivers thinking about Limburg, and it's it's only, it's like as far south in the Netherlands as you can be while still being Dutch, like with the Belgians, um, you know, Belgians uh, just just below you. It's gorgeous. Um, tons of attacking. Um, this is like, and and basically the the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour races like this with like the the first bit is all about not having missed any breaks and not having managed to lose four minutes by missing a break in the echelons and the wind and the you know Dutch style racing and attacking for the yep. first six stages. And then you head into the final stage and it's all about just like racing like absolute just like trying to drop everyone all the time. Beautiful hills, mount climb, hill attack. I mean, it's not the hardest climb in the world, Kalberg, but it's 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 still pretty fucking tough and beautiful and yeah and gorgeous and and I love it and I want to go there one day and scream like a lunatic at the side of the road and yeah, but it was won by Cassian Uedoma, um who had been tailed really really brutally by Ellen Van Dyke who. Yeah, I'm just like fuck me. That's great. That's that's Ellen is Ellen was on some kind of amazing form, Ned Dutch Dutch form this week. Yep. Ellen van Dijk finished three seconds behind her. Alina Amusic three seconds behind her. Anna van der Breggen and Amy Peters five seconds and Chantal Black five seconds back, which meant Chantal Black won the race. Awesome. S. I mean, I mean. Oh, could only be better, I imagine, if there was like some kind of great video interview or something. There are so many great videos. Oh my god, it's better! That's amazing! This was Chantal Black's first ever stage race win, which I find oh, really? really, really interesting. Interesting in that. But yeah, um, wow. Chantal Black won, Ellen Van Dyke second in GC, Alina Amulusic third. Um, Caroline Cannawell fourth, because, you know, let's have three bowls Dolmans riders in the top four yeah, for the well, Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour, you know? Of course. Um, New fifth, Peter sixth, Van der Breggen seventh. Um, yeah, I'm also pretty impressive for, um, you know, for people who weren't Dutch to do well in that because, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's hard. But yeah, um, yeah, amazing interviews, lovely interviews. I always love Felix Mattis's work, but there's always like this little moment of grinning when Felix, who's German, interviews Lisa Blanauer, who's also German, 
in English because he knows that we love it. And it's just, yes, thank you, Felix Mattis. He's great. Um, everyone should love Felix. Well, so, I, yeah. I assume everyone does. Are there people yes. who don't? Well, you know, I'm sure there could be more love in the world for Felix. Fair point, fair point, fair point. Yeah, um, if you don't follow him, follow him on Felix Mattis, two T's, on Twitter, and um, just tell him how much you love him, because Felix is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, interesting, interesting. I mean, of course, we also all love Cassia Nuodoma. We know that she's great. We know that Chantal Bluck's great. But interesting that you had first season wins from... Amelie Diedrichsen, who's been, uh, you know, been basically super domesticing for bowls. It, it's it's nice. It's good that she had a chance to win because it must be very hard to win out of bowls rent out of bowls out of bowls dolmens. Well, it, it's but, the it's the dark side for the members of the team, isn't it? Of the team being so successful, is that you know, like opportunities are few and far between for for all but the top flight riders. So. Well, also, yeah, you can be in a fantastic. I mean, I look at, for example, Caroline Cannowell, who's been an amazing, amazing domestique all yep. season. Like, like when it's climbing, there's Caroline. I her amazing lead out for Megan Guarnier on the Philadelphia class at the Philadelphia Classic. Her lead out, um, you know, her her her, her fantastic mountain domestiquing in the Giro. Like, like Caroline Cannowell has just ridden and ridden her heart out. But there's just no, there's no. Like there are so many good riders that she's just not going to get the chance to win in Bowles Dolmond, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and so looking at Caroline's, you can't look at someone like Carol and, and Amelie Diedrichsen and um, and Romy Casper. You can't really look at their season in a team like Bowles without without like go looking at them and saying, okay, yeah, they're they're just. You know they're they're they're, they're super domestiques. You know, yeah. Because yeah. because riders who are winning are Lizzie Armistead, um, with four 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 maybe three four wins in the World Tour. Chantal Bluck with two with two wins in the, in the World Tour. Um, Megan Guarnier, um, how many wins in the World Tour? You know, won the Giro. Uh, Christine Majerus, she's she's won a lot. Ellen Van Dyke, she's won a lot. Um, Evelyn Stevens won a couple of stages in the Giro. So your riders who aren't them, so Nikki Harris, Canwell, Caroline Canwell, Demi de Jong, Amelie Dierkerson, Romy Casper, Cassia Palauska, it's hard enough for them to even get selected for a squat for a team because they okay, well, we're going to take Armistead and... Uh, Guarnier and Stevens and Mayerus and there's basically uh, and Ellen Van Dyke. Who else are we going to take? One more spot, you know? Yeah, yeah. So getting to ride in the first place is tough, but you have to look at their. It's the whole domestic thing of you have to look at their season in the context of, um, in the context of 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 the their big name riders winning, and I I always like right. I I kind of almost in a yeah, I like it. It's good. It's very impressive. But I kind of have a big thing for the teams who explicitly say that they want their domestiques to win races too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but, I think it's an important part of um, not just managing a team, but, you know, it's it's critical to um, the longevity of a team, really, because you're, you're talking about creating opportunities for riders to develop and grow and all of that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's not just altruism. It's actually vitally important to the future success of a team that you continue to help your riders progress and get better yeah 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 yeah. i mean i guess on the flip side of bowls is you have ridiculously strong riders like van dyke and guanier 
Um, and in this race, Armistead, who are Domus speaking, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was interested in Sarah Roy, um, Sarah Roy's win and Lauren Rowney's second, because on the other hand, if you kind of look at Bowles Dolmans on the one hand as winning so much, on the other hand, you have Oracle IS. Yep. And you've, you alluded to it earlier, in that part of it was the Olympic, the Olympic focus, but it's not been a good year for Orica AIS, has it? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, it's it's complicated for Orica because I think they're a, a team where their ambition has, to a certain extent, always exceeded their ability. Um, but they've certainly had much more successful years previously. Well, no, I guess the thing is, is because when they had Emma Johansson... Yep. She 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 got a lot of podiums and wins, didn't she? Like oh, like it's absolutely. It's, it's it's like it's it's like you can't. I mean, this is this is part of the interesting issue. I mean, part of their issue is that it only really counts for them if it's a if it's a if it's a Australian winning. You know, like that's 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 the thing. But like even in previous, even if you look at like their previous years, it wasn't just like well, you had like so 2015, for example. Let's take out the Australian races because I think that's a bit different. Yeah. But last year you had, um, you know, Johansson had won the Lotto Belgium Tour, uh, Turingen Rundfahrt, um, the uh, a couple of stages at the Makamine Bira, Drushi um, won Durango Durango. Um, Gracie Elvin won Huick, uh, Scandalada won a stage of a stage of Tour de Lardesh. and in yep. the year before 2014, you have like lots of Johan- you know Johansson won the Benet Ladies Tour, the the final stage of the of 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 the Bulls Dolmans of the Bulls Rentals Ladies Tour. She won the Bulls Hills Classic. She won a stage of the Aviva Women's Tour. She won the Trofeo Binder World Cup. You know what I mean? They were those were some serious, serious, serious races that they won. Yeah. And this year, when you look at their wins, if you take out the Australian races, you had Kat Garfoot winning a stage of the, uh, the Days Tour of Qatar, Annemiek van Vleuten winning the prologue in Luxembourg, and the and the ITT in Auenstein and Adsportage, uh, Rach Nalen winning the GP de Plumelec, which is a Coupe de France race, and, you know, Lauren Roney won a stage at the Tour de Feminine, which is a kind of development race, and Gracie Elvin won Huick again, and Amanda Spratt won the stage at Turingen Rundfahrt. And you look at this and you're like, well, the big races there are Turingen. Yep. And probably possibly Huick and Luxembourg and Qatar. You know, it's just like you look at this and you go, huh, yeah, that's not, that's not where they want to be, and they don't want to have three of you know two of those races won by their dutch rider you know because the thing about orica ais the reason that they're supported by ais the australian institute of sport is because they're supposed to be about developing aussie riders yeah well i mean essentially and but then to add a further wrinkle to it and and, in a way bring it full circle um the way that ais itself gets its funding is through olympic medals yeah and so orica's Orica didn't. I mean, I don't know whether they're just suffering for money. I, I suspect they might be suffering for money as well because while they did say, "Oh, blah blah blah," we're not riding the Giro because we're focusing on the Olympics and so on. I, you didn't see any other teams who had much bigger Olympic hopes yeah. <laughs> say the same thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I do wonder if Orica are, are strapped for cash. I mean, we know that AI that that, that they 
that the that the Australian that the that the um that the Australian sports funding is is a bit is a bit worrying, and it's going to be even more worrying in the future thanks to the Olympic Games. Oops. Um, well, you know, hey. I I mean, this is why you know this is why the Olympic focus can be so it can be so good for a country and so bad for, you know so good for a sport and so bad for the sport at the same time, can't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I'm not dissing Orica. I'm just thinking it just it's just it's a shame. It's it's and it's great to see Lauren get her podium at Balls Rentals Lady Rentals Tour and and Sarah Roy getting getting her first win of the season and she was adorable in her you know win re- reaction, which is you know thank you so much to everyone for keeping believing in me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it must be a very hard. It must have been a very hard season for that team because it's very very difficult when you're not winning. I think. Um, oh, absolutely, and and you know we've talked about this um, previously, probably from the the opposite direction. How winning breeds more winning, um, mm. but you know conversely that that also is part of what can make it hard to pull your way out of a slump. Um, yeah, you know because you, you you know well not you one can very easily get into the thing where they start to overthink things, they overtrain, they you know worry about details of technique that actually aren't a problem thereby turning them into one or or whatever you know there's there's an almost infinite number of ways in which you can do that to yourself so um it it becomes quite interesting in in the sense of the dynamics of the team um so yeah i I I I think i I think that's the biggest story for orica in in the sense that i agree i i think it looks like they were a trying to save some money be you know um use the olympics as a as a semi-convenient cover um albeit a semi-legitimate cover as well um for that but see i just don't think there's any way around it uh this year has not been a great year for orica and and and, and i suppose i mean i guess the thing that i find interesting about that squad is because they were then not going to big races. So Spratty is an awesome rider, and and I would have expected. And, and the thing is, is because because Orica chose not to go to the, some of the climbing races, like the Giro, we don't see the chance for Spratty to win. Yeah, you know. So it's great to see Spratty Spratty winning. You know, Spratty winning in in in, in, Turing, in Turingen. Um, Gracie Elvin did a lot of really good things and really stepped up in the spring in the World Tour, and that was awesome for of her. And I'm, you know, no, no, no diss to Gracie, but I guess the interesting thing is when you look at their Olympic squad. So because they had Kat Garfoot, uh, Rach Nalen, Kat Garfoot, Rach Nalen, Spratty, and Gracie were the Olympic squad. The rest of the team didn't really get so many chances to race, but also when you look at the other riders in the team, they are very, you know, very kind of. Uh, Developer riders, you've got Alice Manley, Chloe McConville. I mean, Laura Roney is awesome. Taylor Wilds is awesome. Uh, Sarah Roy is pretty, still pretty new. Macy Stewart has has um, gone, I think. I think he's. Re- I thought she'd retired, but um, Taylor Wilds is amazing. But we just don't have. I guess there's an interesting thing just in itself in the who is, yeah, who who is there to ride in that team as well. You know. Yeah. I, it, it's just. I guess the thing is the top Australian riders, like when you think of the top Australian riders, I still think of your, um, you know, Chloe Hosking, Tiff Cromwell, Lauren Kitchen. Yeah. They don't, they're, they're a squad that's built around developing Australians, but they have like some of the top, you know, some of the top 
there are some not, very notable Australians that aren't in that squad exactly and yeah. and and this year um, you know two of those riders in particular Tiff and and especially Chloe has had the the year of her career so far yeah um, you know and and you know Chloe has done her entire career outside of the AIS system basically so yeah. you know like it's it's an interesting conundrum. Um, my big fear, um, and it's it's unfounded at this stage. I mean, I just I add that from the point of view of I've not heard anything or whatever. My big fear is that um, Orica is in some kind of financial difficulty and it causes problems with the team continuing. That would be something I would hate to see happen. So. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess this is the problem is is that because they're so specifically around developing Aussie riders, if if you know, say for example, uh, Chloe Chloe Hosking is particularly happy not being there. You know, she she there's something about she wants to be on an international team. Mm. You know, um, she's happy with uh, with with Wiggle High Five. You know, um, there's that interesting interesting thing, isn't there? That that how do you become a a strong and it's always going to be hard developing Aussie riders anyway just because the racing happens on the other side of the globe from where the Aussie riders all live you know so it's so so you have that so you have that as well and yeah anyway interesting I'm really happy for Sarah Roy I'm really happy for Lauren Roney um I wonder if they're doing better because there is no pressure now you know they don't these are riders who weren't Olympic you know who weren't Olympic picks and and I guess I mean the, the other thing is that the Australian getting the Australian, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about talk a lot about the USA politics in the USA and Britain in who gets to ride in the national team, and Australia mm. is just as bad. And you know, there's 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 tons of great, you know, it, it, there's there is a feeling that seems that the evidence seems to be evidence that that you have that you know that 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 you how to put it that you know, Oracle riders are going to get first dibs on going to things like the Olympics, so. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly, there's certainly, um, I can see how someone might form that opinion. I, I can't <laughs> say I necessarily agree with it, but, um, but I can understand how you could get there. Um, but at the same time, I, I mean, that's part of, that's also part of the complexity of just selection as it is. Like that's, that's a, that's a. Um, you know, thing that that is never really going to be fully sorted in terms of mm. someone someone will always be left out someone will always be disappointed so you know i uh, i shrug my shoulders a little bit at that you know yeah. how much more can you do yeah yeah um mountain biking we had the last mountain bike world cups of the season that was beautiful amazing riding i mean mountain biking is always stunning it's always the most you know, like when you just watch the landscape and you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> just and, and this was the mountain bike at altitude. It was in Val Nord in Andorra. And it was just very, very, very dry and hot in the lead up to it. So there's tons of pictures of riders and just, just and videos of riders going through this deep dust. You know, their, their bike, they take these berms and just carving out deep dust flying behind them, plumes of dust, clouds of dust everywhere. And for the downhill finals, it started to rain halfway through the men's race, but the women had it dry. And um, Rachel Atherton uh, didn't know whether she was going to ride because she, she, she pulled her back um, early in the week. 
and she'd come third, I think, in the time in the in the in the quali run. And no second, and she, um, but she did ride. She won her thirteenth consecutive World Cup, the first woman to win thirteen in a row, and the first mountain bike rider ever to have a perfect season, a downhill rider to have a perfect season, winning every single round of the World Cup. That is incredible. What an achievement. I mean, honestly, that's that's just... I mean, well, it's fucking amazing is what it is. Like, she is... What I love about her is that she's saying that, yeah, I, I, I did it. I could do it because everyone else makes me step up. Mm, like she said mm. that in, in Cairns, the first round, Tani Seagrave beat her in the qualifying run. And she was like, shit, I have to step up. I have to keep stepping up. And she said the same about Manon Carpenter last season that these riders, that the other riders make her become better. And, yeah. and it's funny because sometimes she's presented in the pre- in the mountain bike press as, oh, you know, it's just because she's having shoulders above everyone else. But she presents herself as, I have to keep working really, really hard because everyone else is stepping up, so I have to step up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I, I bow down to Rachel Atherton as the absolute queen of... of 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 the sport of the downhill sport. I mean, there have been so many amazing downhill riders. I think about um, Anna Caroline Chasson, for for example. I think about all of the. Oh, I've forgotten her name, but the woman who rode with the dead piranha around her neck. You know, there's, oh. there's so many. <laughs> yeah. So downhill is so full of um, fantastic. Tracy Mosley, when she was a downhill rider, you know, there's so many as, as well. There's so many great um, Missy. Sorry, Missy. That was her name. I can never remember her name because it's the most girly, girly <laughs> name. And and Missy, Missy was a punk rock, a uh, punk rock dyke, mountain bike queen, sh- killing it. Missy Geo, just just an absolute wonder of a mountain bike rider and you sit there going missy missy (laughs) (laughs) missy so yeah um it was just spectacular racing and um next day was the uh cross country yep and it started out uh, and and the big question was about annika langbad who'd started out her season leading the seat she'd done really really well but i think you know we'd asked at the start of the season is she too is she starting too hard and she was sick and she had a cold with a cold altitude and so annika langbad lost her world cup lead but in the race itself gunrita dala flesher was was the norwegian who's been around for decades was leading 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 and then in the la- in the penultimate lap Yolanda Neff caught back to her overtook her in the final lap and won the solo amazing with Catherine Pendrell finishing third to take over that um that that the overall season win so all of this is on our blog program at cycling.com where you can see all the videos the full replays the highlights tons of amazing media watch it it's great Especially watch the downhill because this week is the four cross and downhill world championships. And yeah, and you know, if so to watch that and then watch the four cross and downhill world championships live because it's going to be spectacular. Indeed, indeed. Um, wow, so huge, just as always. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm still, sorry, I'm still just wrapping my head around a perfect season. Yeah, yeah, it was just... I I just, I don't even have words for it. It's one of those things, it's so big, I don't know, I don't know if we'll really fully appreciate it 
for for a while to come you know what i mean because i think it's going to take a few years of that not happening again so, yeah yeah and, and the thing is is atherton makes it look e- i mean i can see why the media thinks it's easy because atherton does make it look easy like when you watch her ride she's just spectacular and there is a really big gap there's still a really big gap between the men's and the women's downhill you know there's there's a smaller depth of field there's there's you know the women the women are still it's still a very young sport for women and they're they're learning and learning and getting better you know getting and it and they're kind of you know but they're catching up Mm. and it's it's just yeah it's just it's 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 fascinating. Um, the sport is beautiful to watch, and the media is amazing, which is why it made the UCI made a video. Oh god, the UCI highlights videos of mountain cup are terrible. Mountain bike, a terrible, 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 terrible. And they all go this way. You start off with maybe some clips of riders warming up, doing a V sign at the camera, and sticking their tongue out. Then you have some crashes. Then you have a drunk man in the crowd. Then you have some more <laughs> crashes. Then you have a cute dog wearing a bandana. Then you have dotted around this women in the crowd who were literally picked because they have nice tits right. and in the and in the val nord video they had one thing where there was a woman dancing not looking at the camera not knowing she was being filmed and the camera literally panned down down over her tits oh, and then no. panned down and held on her short shorts oh fuck off then they show some more crashing then they show a little bit of riding and this is all in less than two minutes so in this in the Val Nord video, which bear in mind that that that, that Rach Atherton had had just had all these amazing achievements that she'd achieved, the UCI downhill World Val Nord World Cup video didn't include Rachel Atherton. What? But it did include a woman in short shorts dancing with her friends, and another woman who looks over and she goes, "Uh," and then she smiles and waves in a slightly disturbed way, and it's basically because she's wearing a very nice hot pink top. What the fuck? That's such bullshit. Such bullshit. So now, and- now you know. So I've 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 had my mind, you know liquefied by an amazing cycling achievement like genuinely incredible literally historical achievement and now i have to bend to utter like fucking disgusted rage at oh god oh yeah but but to be fair to be fair you've also had that weirded moment talking about patrice Ciprelli's sex life yeah well okay yeah so it's been it's i'm not gonna lie tonight it's been a bit taxing I, I feel I feel very proud of you. Yeah, well, yeah. no, I, I think you feel very proud of yourself. I think I think you're actually a little bit smug about having fucking done this to me. I am. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. So, things that are coming up this week: World Championships, mountain bike, um, uh, mountain bike world uh, downhill world champs. Uh, remember, the cross country world champs happened earlier in the year because of the Olympics. Um, the Paralympics are on. Yes. Yes, which is going to be excellent. You should actually. Um, can you give us the quick, the quick, you know, um, sixty-second run through of the Paralympics? Because I mean, I know there's track and road events, and and it incorporates things like hand cycling and stuff. But I think in particular, um, the the two things that I think could tra- trip people up are um, the categorization system and the fact that you can have athletes from different categories competing in the same race. Yeah, sure. So we start off with the track, and the track is people who are on bicycles, like classic bicycles and tandems. 
and the tandems are a, a visually impaired rider who's at the back who's the stoker and they're the one that you know that, that, that we kind of focus on and the rider at the front is a is a sighted pilot yeah so that they're there and and tandem racing i am very disappointed that we don't have on the track we only have individual pursuits um and tandem pursuits and time trials and we have a mixed team sprint event but we don't have my favorite event in the whole world which is tandem sprinting which is everything people do track sprinting track stands terrifying swooping down the banking like flipping out your back wheel to freak out the opposition all on a tandem <laughs> oh, so i'm very very sad about that and I, it, it upsets me because tandem sprinting is like my favorite is possibly one of my favorite track disciplines of all time able-bodied or 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 paracycling so yeah so we have individual pursuits um tandem pursuits time trials and then we have a mixed team sprint which is um uh, like a team sprint on the track but you can have riders from different categories racing together men and women racing together yep yep so the categorizations basically they they the, the ones you'll see on the track start c1 to c5 yeah cycling one to cycling five right and basically a rider whose disability impacts her cycling most is in is one right and the rider who's disability impacts her least is five okay yep yep gotcha and that's i mean it's it's all worked out very com it's all like you know there's lots and lots of science behind who goes in what category and this is why you might see for example in the c4 category you might see someone who's got a uh, a partial amputation for example uh, uh, sorry or a missing limb or a missing hand or something racing against a rider who looks like she's able-bodied but she'll have something she might have cerebral palsy for example or she might have cystic fibrosis or something like that right that means that she that means that that her cycling is affected in a different way yeah gotcha basically the lower the number the more their disability impacts on their on their cycling and that crosses the whole thing gotcha um the, the the b category is for uh tandems as we said and then when we move, and that's that's this week. So we had the cycling start, the, the track cycling starts tomorrow, and it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then the road racing is the following week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, from the 14th to the 17th. And the road racing has the same categories of um, C and B categories, yeah? Yep. But you also have trikes, which is the T category, which is athletes who have an impaired sense of balance, so you might have MS or something like that. Right. That means that you have to. Um, that means that you use a tricycle, and the T1 category means that you're a T1 rider. They've got a more. They've got their disability affects them more severely than the T2 yep. tricyclists. Right. Right. Gotcha. Um, but watching again, watching trike riders corner is awesome. Like these are these are like amazing like fantastic racing trikes really i mean carol cook who's the australian amazing australian tricyclist is just phenomenal like just phenomenal you just do you see them cornering you're like ah i can't watch because it's it's just it's like you know you're like wow that's amazing and then you also have the hand cyclists um hand so some people ask why is there wheelchair racing in the athletics but hand cycling in the cycling and that's because you wouldn't use a a hand cycle is basically in the same concept of a as a as a bicycle is it's not something that you'd use every you know in everyday life it's it's a transport yeah, machine yeah. for people with disabilities but again 
uh, riders who are H1, their disability impacts on them more. And so they could be, for example, um, uh, uh, paraplegics. Yep. Um, and H5 is the ones whose disability impairs them least. And that's basically so it, it's, it impairs their leg. The disabilities could be like leg disabilities, but also sometimes their trunks, their bodies, and sometimes their arms and they're pedaling with their hands. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. So you can't necessarily look at a paracyclist and say, oh, I think you're in that category. I mean, you can with some of them, but, you know, you can't necessarily look at a paracyclist and say, oh, I think you're in that category because it's all about, you know, it's, it's that mixture between visible and invisible disabilities yeah. that's, that, that's worked out all together. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's, it's, um, there's, there's quite a lot of information about all of this on the, on the, on the, I put a little, a little, brief thing on the on the blog um yeah so big questions um sarah's story is like going after i think she's got 12 paris like paralympic golds um she's got um she's 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 looking she's a c5 rider she's looking to win gold in she's looking to win the itt gold the, the road race gold the 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 time track time trial gold and the individual pursuit gold she yep. basically wants all the gold she can possibly get her hands on and she's already got lots um we all know sarah's story started as a swimmer before persistent ear infections meant that she had to move to cycling and she's just been winning ridiculous amounts of i mean she's just got like the most amounts of medals uh yeah she's got um five paralympic gold medals in swimming and eight silvers and three bronzes um and yeah just that's that's swimming and she's also got god damn it so many and then she's got six paralympic games medals in cycling and 12 paralympic track world champs and 10 paralympic road world champs so 31 golds in cycling and she's looking to add as many as possible as more but she doesn't have it all i mean yeah Amazing. And yeah, she's she, her biggest rivals are uh, are Zhu Jufang from China and Anna Halkowska from Poland. Uh-huh. We're also for Aussies. You're looking for in the C4 category, Susan Powell, Sue Powell, who's 49, and um, she's going to be there. And she's going up against Sean Morelli of USA, and also the fantastic and wonderful Alex Lisney, known as Alex Green. Hurrah! We're cheering for her and Kadina Cox, who's a new name. But she's uh, competing both in the cycling on the track and the athletics on the track. Well, there you go. If you're Dutch, you're cheering for Elida Norbris in the C2 category, and uh, if you're and, and but we're basically cheering and we're basically cheering for um, uh, uh, the well, we're cheering for all of them because they're all amazing. They're all amazing. <laughs> all amazing. But watch out for um, Oz versus GB in the in the in the track. Um, in the in the in the the tandems in the tandems because that's going to be amazing you're also if you're Australian cheering your heart out for Carol Cook who's won thousands of medals and is awesome and if you're American you're completely cheering for your para your flag bearer um, of uh, of of the flag bearer for the USA oh god I've forgotten your surname Alison Jones because she is um, she's she's won She's basically won, I think she's been in um, every, she's been in an absolute shit ton of Paralympic games. She skis in the Paralympic Winter Olympics. She cycles in the, in the paracycling. 
Um, she has a mechanical engineering de- degree from the University of Z- Denver. Oh, she's, um, she's just she's mostly been a ski a ski a ski won most of her skiing skiing medals um, there. And you look at it and you're going, okay, you're skiing with uh, with she and her disability means that she's she's lacking a, a lower leg. Um, a low, uh, her, the, the the bottom of her right hand leg because the bottom of her right was amputated when she was seven months old, um, and she gave up. And you're just thinking, oh, I can't believe it. You're amazing. Like she's just fantastic. And so she's going to be carrying the flag for the USA tonight. Wow. Um, yeah. But all the riders are wonderful and awesome, and we should be cheering them. And there's loads of. I've got a list. Of, I've got a Twitter list of all the paracyclists I can find find on Twitter. The track is all streamed live. Yep. The road isn't, sadly. Mm. Um, but the track is all streamed live. The road isn't. That's to do with the, the Rio, the Paralympic budget cuts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah, and there'll be clips. There'll be highlights. Um, I also recommend if you're if you're in the UK, you probably know about the last leg. It's a um, comedy show which was first came on during the London 2012 Paralympics. Uh, it's it's fronted by. Uh, comedian adam hills or comedian adam hills and it's basically um how to put it you've seen the last leg haven't you um yeah yeah i mean it's it's basically a um um uh comedy panel show i guess is is the simplest way to explain it but specifically about the paralympics and um involving um paralympians and other um you know comedians and guests who um have experience with either you know living with these types of um injuries or or um disabilities disabilities or or whatever um but in a very open and um and I, I don't know. I, I guess destigmatizing way. Like it's just it's fun and funny, and they make it funny because they're open and inclusive and and unafraid to talk about it. You know. Um, yeah, they have they have a they have a thing called Is It Okay? Except I can't say it because Adam Hills is Australian. Um, is it okay where you can where you can like where you can steal questions in that can be genuine questions like is it okay that this happens or that happens? They start doing it because you know how do people ask questions about disability? in there's not without feeling stigmatized or worried that they're going to be you know and some people are assholes asking stupid questions and they get ripped to shreds but other people are asking genuine questions is it okay that that, that this is that this that, that, that this is happening is it okay that i laughed this you know it's okay and so you can send your you can tweet your you can tweet them at the last leg your is it okay questions but it's very it's a good thing that they kind of will answer answer questions cleverly they'll be they'll be but they'll also so it's kind of that really interesting thing where it's I primarily it's primarily it's funny you know primarily we're about it's funny and in and the, in the in the UK series they have it it runs for it runs it runs every year and they have talk about politics and and you know it's kind of a comedic take take on politics with obviously a little bit of an emphasis on disability but during it's it's like a magazine show to kind of highlight the kind of more lighthearted side of the Paralympics yeah, yeah. and they get a lot of paralympic athletes on to kind of to to, to to talk about things and it's and it's that mix of being funny and serious and educative and interesting and and ranting about how things that make you angry so anyway 
Um, you can watch it because keep to film on dot com. You can you can you can look up Channel Four and you can watch it if you're not in the UK. If you're in the UK, watch it on Channel Four. <laughs> but I, I highly, 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 highly recommend just checking out even if you're not in the UK, Channel Four's Paralympic coverage because they're brilliant at it. They're very, very good at kind of at not being. Oh, look at that. That, that tragic cripple who's risen above his disability oh look how you know they don't do that kind of shit yeah they just they present things in a really they, they don't they don't they don't punch out yeah it's fucking hard living with some of these disabilities but at the same time they're like it's all about yeah look what we can achieve and they have the world's greatest paralympic trailer which is comparing which is putting side by side um the heroic athletic achievements that's going on all over the you know all over the sports next to like everyday heroism of of you know yeah my life is more complicated because i have a disability but i don't let it hold me back yeah yeah but at the same time channel four is also getting very 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 angry and and doing lots of campaigning and and talking all the time about how yeah you know what some people's lives are fucking terrible because their disability but that's not because they're disabled it's because society is shit about people with disabilities and you know when your when your benefits are being cut and when you're being tormented to you know when you're being really really you have to fight and fight and fight to get basic benefits to have no energy left for anything else so they kind of had that really good balance of not sugarcoating disability yeah but yeah. also not sugarcoating the fact that society you know it's that thing i'm not disabled by my physical condition i'm disabled by society fucking me over and not you know do you know what i mean yeah. i'm not disabled because i can't get into this building because of because of my leg issue i'm disabled because the fucking you know why don't you that you build a lamp <laughs> you know <laughs> anyway yeah yeah cool I bet you were asking me that. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I think it's it's good. But, um, you know, all of that said, I mean, you know, we barely have time to, to mention, um, you know, the the opportunity for people to vote for you in the Total Women's Cycling uh, survey. <laughs> so, you know, I mean... I am not going to win that category. Um, I... <laughs> they don't have a usually i'm in the kind of best blogger category but they don't have that this year so they've put me in the best cycling initiative category i love I that you're an initiative though that's the thing i like about <laughs> it is it's it makes it sound like you're you're like some kind of secret fraternity or something like <laughs> i'm not a fraternity you've joined you've joined the salon bone society or something you've made it you know you're, you're you're like a secret club at eton or some shit you know <laughs> Where all the where all the royals and and nobility and Boris Johnson go, so I was thinking my floor is the Borg Queen. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I was. It's not an Borg assimilation maybe, award. Oh, oh maybe, or maybe, or maybe, um, maybe. Uh, what's the, oh, what? Stop! Stop it! Stop it! We're nerding the podcast No, no. What's, up too what's much. the name of? The, I've, I've completely forgotten the name of the thing in Agents of Shield. The bad thing with all the tentacles. Oh, um, oh, Hydra. Hydra! Yeah, I could be Hydra! Oh, God. Well, you know, on that note, um, yeah, maybe maybe don't track down the Total Women's Cycling Awards. Uh, please, please vote in the Total Women's yeah. Cycling Awards. Not, not for, I'm not saying vote for me. Um, I'm saying vote for Sarah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but 
please vote because it, it's really good things. There's lots of different categories. I think they should close on the 12th of September. Um, so head over to Total Women's Cycling. Of course, we've got links to this and everything else we talked about on our blog, womenscycling.com. Um, it's also the Madrid Challenge this this weekend, the last round of the World uh, It's like La Course, but it's in Paris. Um, I am very excited, though, because um, one of my friends is doing the the commentary, the TV commentary for Spanish, for, for the for Spanish comedy, Sal I can never say his name, sorry, Sal Tonalon, Tonalan, uh, he might know better as Capital 29, he's doing this, the Spanish TV comms, and I'm super, super happy for him, he did the course with Spanish Eurosport, and he's just such a great guy, and he knows so much about women's cycling, and he deserves it, so I'm very, very happy. But yes, um, watch, that's also on, so basically Sunday, we've got Paralympics, We've got the downhill world championships. We've got the Madrid Classic. Ah, ah, digger, ah. We've got, um, we've also got the Krona Champenois, and we've got the last stage of Toscana. So you know, there's, there's just a little bit going on, is what we're saying. So you know. Oh yeah, I need, I need, I need, a, I need my Swanee to come round. <laughs> I need my Swanee to come round and massage me. Right, okay. And feed me, and feed me I don't know, Nutella sandwiches made out of with cake for the bread. <laughs> That's what they eat. Okay, okay. I need, I need massage right now. Well, on, uh, on that note, I guess I've never heard as clear a call to sign off as that. So <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Um, and join us again soon. Um, before we go, don't forget that you can uh, talk to Sarah on Twitter at underscore pigeons underscore. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com forward slash women's cycling where you can guarantee that you will become immediately attractive to the person of your choice by donating to her Patreon. Um, that does not necessarily mean that they will find you irresistible. Just, you know, lawyers make me say that. Um and yeah if you would like to talk to me on twitter don't um if you feel you must you can find me at dan w official and i think that's it so thank you very much and we'll talk to you again soon